You're listening to Don't IEP Alone with special education advocate Lisa Leitner. For more information about Lisa, the IEP toolkit, and more ways we can help you in your process, go to adayinourshoes.com. Now back to the show with your host, Lisa. Hello, and welcome to a special Tuesday afternoon edition of Don't IEP Alone. I'm Lisa Leitner, as usual. Um, I am going to talk to you today about three things you need to be doing right now for your IEP. And the reason that we're doing a special Tuesday edition is because I can tell by the activity on my Facebook and email and all that, I can tell when things are ramping up. And I've just been busy, been working, keeping my head down, getting things done. And then I noticed an influx of email and phone calls. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. It is almost February. And if you've been following my site for some time, you know that I like to talk about the February freakout because you all do freak out in February. And here's why. Many kids, just by design, have their annual IEP meetings coming up. And if you follow the natural progression of the IEP process, right, you request evaluations, and then the district has 60 days to do the evals, and then they have 30 days to um, write up an IEP and all that fun stuff. The natural progression of the IEP process is 100 days. And so we are at that 100-day mark. So if you started school in August or September, in a few weeks into the new school year, you were like, okay, this is it. This is the year I'm going to request IEP evaluations. Um, you know, 100 days later or so, you had an IEP. And so that's February or March. So just naturally, a lot of kids have their IEP, their annual IEP meeting coming up. The other thing is, is that in February, you usually get, in many school districts, you get another report card right? November, February, and then end of year. And depending on the age of your child, you get another set of parent-teacher conferences. So those invitations are probably going out, right? You're getting those emails about picking a time slot and all that fun stuff. Additionally, many school districts and many states mandate this, and that's it's not important if yours does or not at this point for this discussion, that many states mandate a certain date, February 28, March 1st, whatever, that your school has to communicate ESY information to you by that date. My state happens to have one for certain groups of students by February 28 that, that you're, if you're a parent, you have to be informed of that ESY decision. Even if your school doesn't have a specific date, you should be thinking about it now. And here's why. Um, they're supposed to communicate it to you with enough time for you to you read and use your procedural safeguards if you wish. So if you disagree with their ESY decision, if you disagree with the ESY program that they've offered you, they are supposed to communicate that to you in enough time that you can file for mediation or due process if you wish. So that's, you know, 
right about now, February or March. So parents get all this information. They get a new report card. They get more grades. They get all this other stuff. And they look at the calendar and the, you know, now you have more time on your hands because you're stuck at home because it's winter. The holiday fun is over. So you have time to focus on this and they go, oh crap, like another school year has gone by. Kids not making progress. I'm not happy with the IEP. I'm not happy with this progress. Something's got to change. Another big piece of this puzzle is that if your child has behavior issues, if your child has been in the disciplinary system, getting detention, suspensions, whatever, you know, there are these 10 and 15 day markers that at 10 days or 15 days, they have to give you a manifestation determination hearing. Generally by February, some of these kids start to hit those thresholds. So that becomes more of an issue. So again, all of this stuff combined leads to parents freaking out in February about their IEP. So this is what I want you to do. One is that I want you to dig out your IEP and read it cover to cover. And I mean that every inch of it. Okay. You need to know what is going on with your IEP. I know that you haven't looked at it since at least before Thanksgiving in most cases. And you need to look at the rest of the year because it's, we are still in January. There still is, you know, the rest of January, February, March, April, May, there is a decent amount of school left. Okay. You're at that hundred day mark. If you're celebrating hundredth day, if your district does that, you might be at that hundred day mark, but at the same time, most states still have 80 or 90 days left. So it's not a total loss, but you want to make any or request any necessary changes now. If things aren't being implemented, if your IEP isn't being followed, and I have all that information on my site, you want to get on top of that today. The other thing is you need to start thinking about ESY today. Okay, I have a ton of information on my website about that. You want to, you know, if your child didn't get ESY last year and you didn't feel like fighting the battle, if they got ESY but you weren't happy with the programming, you didn't feel like it was appropriate, you need to get on that and start preparing your documentation as to what you're going to ask for and why and have the data to support it. Okay. So those are two, right? You're going to get out your IEP and revisit it. You're going to um, look into ESY if it applies to you, you know, and a lot of kids, you know, there are a lot of IEP kids who don't go to ESY and they don't need ESY and families are perfectly happy with that. That's fine. Um, not everybody, you know, needs it or some just prefer to do their own private camps and, and programs and things like that. That's fine. You don't have to go to ESY. Don't waste everybody's summer. Don't interrupt everybody's summer. Yours included driving. You may not have to drive, but you know what I mean, right? Um, you don't want to just ruin everybody's summer if it's not meaningful. Don't waste everybody's time. Um, and then the other thing is, and I can't even, 
This is going to seem like same shameless self-promotion, and I can assure you that it's not. My business is a mission-driven organization, and that my mission has always been to inform more parents about the IEP process and the intricacies of it, and to create an army of advocates. Over the past 14 years, because I've been doing this since 2010, over the past 14 years, the situation out there has gotten worse. And I would say in the past three to four years, it has been incredibly exacerbated to the nth degree, um, largely triggered by the pandemic. The, tr- the pandemic, bad economy, um, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The open hostility that we have in government and politics today. And people go, oh, here she goes, she's getting political. Listen. Your public school is a political organization. It is taxpayer funded. It is run by a school board. The politicians who, you know, are on your local school board decide everything from curriculum to how much your tax increase is going to be. They approve teacher contracts, all of that. Your state decides state regulations, including special education, excuse me, regulations, They decide on state funding. They decide on state graduation requirements. Okay. All of this stuff is decided by politicians. And then it goes up to the federal level. And of course, IDEA is a federal statute. So is Section 504. So is ADA, um, Title IX, and all the other things that apply to our kids. So you can't be involved in having an opinion about education and public education without it being political because politicians decide all this stuff. They make all these decisions and who we vote for matters because that is who, you know, that's who's make, that's, these people are making the decisions. Anyway, all that to say that in recent years, because of the open hostility in our political climate in this country, like everyone is fair game. Everyone, like there used to be certain professions and that were just kind of, you know, untouchable. Like you just didn't openly criticize them in public and teachers fell into that. Now, like absolutely everybody is in fair is fair game. And, and there are book bans and, um, um, suppressing marginalized students, um, whether it be race, gender, sexuality, um, there was just an article today that I posted about about the superintendent in Texas who keeps suspending the one kid who has uh, dreadlocks. He's a black student and he wears dreadlocks and he's been repeatedly suspended for that. And the superintendent just, man, he doubled down and wrote an editorial and said, nope, you have to conform. You have to conform. Um, and that conformity is the basis of Americana. So it's just dangerous times out there. Like people are not afraid to voice their opinion, no matter how extreme. And when our kids, all of our kids are so different. If we have superintendents and again, who hires a superintendent elected school board members, right? That's who hired him. Politicians hire a superintendent. 
But when we have superintendents demanding conformity and our kids don't conform to anything um, most of the time, that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be in. Where was I going with this? Um, I think that that's why teaching has gotten so bad. Like there's just so like people aren't even there's so much open criticism and not not a lot of it is warranted. Um I think that most teachers are good people and most teachers are doing the best that they can with what they have. Yes, there are always going to be bad apples in any profession. Um, that's just how life is, right? There are bad doctors, there are bad policemen, there are bad everything. Um, but most of these folks are good. And they've been openly criticized and it, you know, in a lot of places it doesn't pay a lot and they're leaving in droves and that's creating more stress for the people who are staying behind. But I understand that, you know, for your own mental health and your own survival and your own family, I understand why you say, you know what, I'd love to stick around, but I just can't. Um, I can't take it anymore. I get it. So all that to say, get involved. Um, and you have to take ownership because of how difficult things are right now. You have to take ownership of your child's IEP, especially if it's a transition plan. If you do not take ownership of your child's IEP and do not take ownership of your child's transition plan, your child will be left behind. They will be offered the bare minimum. District personnel know who's going to push back, who's going to ask for more, who's going to complain, who's going to say something. And if you don't know your rights and if you're you're complaining and you're, um, you know, I have a lot of parents who say, well, I do speak up at meetings. I do. It's not about speaking up at meetings. That's hard to do. I get it. I'm an introvert and I'm not always comfortable with confrontation. What matters is your data and documentation. They can say anything they want in an IEP meeting. What matters is what your data and documentation says and what the written IEP says and what the PWN says after the meeting. It doesn't matter what they say in the meeting. They can promise you the moon. If they don't put it in writing, you're out of luck. And if you don't know how to get it in writing, you're out of luck. Okay, you will be pushed around not necessarily with any malice, but with just, it's human nature, right? If we know that we're going to have a certain kind of situation with one family and not another, that's who we pay attention to. That's where we make sure that we cross our T's and dot our I's, right? I know that with my clients. I know which clients and how to treat them and how to... Um, not that I'm neglecting any of my clients, but I know who needs an answer right away or they're going to persist, even if it's to say, you know what, let me let me get back to you tomorrow or something like that. I know who needs answers right away and I know who is fine if I wait two or three days, right? We all do this. We do this with our family. We do this with our jobs and schools are no different. And if you are the shrinking violet who doesn't say anything, all you do is you speak up at meetings and you never follow up in writing and you don't know how to um, exercise your rights and it's evident to them that you haven't read your procedural safeguards. You know, you've never asked about a PWN. 
if they present you with a half-assed PWN and it's incomplete and you don't say anything, what do you think your chances are in the future that you're going to get a complete one without asking, right? And again, it's not necessarily done with malice. It's just done with like, ugh, I have so much to do. So I'm just going to phone it in with this PWN and do a half-assed one until they demand differently. Okay. Registration is going on now for my training. Go to adayinourshoes.org and you will see buttons there. There are two free webinars coming up this week. One is Friday and it is for middle and high school IEP students. Not if you parent, I don't want the students coming, the parents. Um, but anyone who has kind of an older kid, a big, not a small, and they are changing buildings. They're going to a different building. It might be a middle school. It might be a high school. They're going to a different building in the fall where expectations are going to change. You want to definitely sign up and attend that on Friday if you can. Yes, there will be a replay. You must be registered to get the replay. I don't send the replay out to everybody or put it on social media. Um, I only send it out to those who attend. Then one Saturday morning is for preschool and kindergarten parents. So anyone who has like a preschooler up to maybe kindergarten or first grade, you want to attend that because the preschool to kindergarten transition is really important that you maximize your advocacy efforts during that. But if you've already gone through that, if your child's already in kindergarten or first grade, not all is lost, right? So I don't want you to think like, well, great, where we've already cross that hurdle and now I missed out. It's not, you know, yes, you can go back and do things. It's easier to take care of some of this stuff if you haven't transitioned to kindergarten yet, but if you have, not all is lost. And then lastly, you know, sign up for my training, please. You'll see a button there to register. It's going on now. Um, last fall, we had three different live chats with attorneys where we could ask them questions. We're planning on at least three for the spring. I haven't gotten any of them to nail down dates yet. And what else? I mean, there are, I think, 88 recorded sessions in the training library that you can access whenever you want. I share my advocacy strategy that helps move your team to yes. I make it very difficult for IEP teams to say no. I know how to use the system to my advantage, to my client's advantage. One of the most disheartening things is that, you know, I'll have someone hire me and we go through all this stuff. And then at the end of it all, you know, the parent's happy with the IEP. And I've had parents say to me, oh, of course they said yes now because you're here. No, I do not magically get IEP teams to say yes just because I walked into a room. If that were the case, I would be driving all over the Philadelphia area all day long, just walking into room, walking into IEP meetings. It doesn't work that way. They say yes to me because I don't ask for anything I can't substantiate on paper. And if I can't su substantiate it with data and documentation, I work on getting it and then I ask for it. That's why parents, that's why IEP teams say yes. So listen, one or two more things. I want to read to you this email I got from Kimberly E. 
And she says, the Don't IEP Alone Academy was honestly more than I expected. As a certified special education teacher, I saw my students being pushed through the system. And now having two of my own children being pushed aside, I was disgusted, disheartened, and simply burnt out from fighting. I was shocked at what I didn't learn in college. And this is the reason I wanted to read you her testimonial or her, her email to me is because that's why I am such an advocate for parents or for teachers, but not taking this stuff personally, right? They think that teachers are doing this stuff with malice. Most of the time, it's because they haven't been taught the right way. Any teacher will tell you that what they are taught in college about IEPs and what really happens day to day in IEP meetings and IEP development and implementation are worlds apart. Worlds apart. Okay. Um, so anything, what else does she say? Um, I took the Don't IEP Alone Academy because she wanted to have official training. What I didn't realize is that there were things I still didn't know. Simple but powerful strategies such as changing my language, changing the use of my language. Uh, my approach is now more strategic and methodical. Lisa provides great resources such as templates, guides, and flowcharts. And I have always said you get what you pay for, but you will get more than what you pay for with the Don't IEP Alone Academy. So definitely check it out. That is a parent who has two kids with IEPs um, who is saying, yes, take the training. And then I want to read one more. And Kaylee reached out to me in October. And she says, hi, Lisa. I took your class last year. I have a four-year-old with autism and pre-K. We were so worried about his IEP last week, fighting for him to stay on a modified schedule in order to receive outside therapies, which the school wasn't allowing without it being an unexcused absence. So we were at risk for being removed from the program. So again, remember, this is pre-K. So the school said they can't provide FAPE on the modified schedule and they didn't accept the letter of medical necessity from the developmental pediatrician. This is something I tell you about that a doctor's note is not a slam dunk. It's helpful, but you need to know how to use it to make it helpful. Just walking into an IEP meeting and saying, this is what we need doesn't work. Um, let's see. So blah, 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 blah. I rewatched so many of your lectures and I had my little lighthouse in my mind and lighthouse is, is something I, you just have to take the training to kind of understand that piece of it. But um, I had a little lighthouse in my mind and all my data and I was just so prepared. We got everything we wanted, what my son was entitled to and didn't ruffle any feathers of the IEP team while doing it. I have a whole life of advocating for my son ahead of me, and I know how important this is. Anyway, after we finally got our ask, the modified schedule, I still, I wanted to email you. thought it might be nice for you to know that your Don't IEP Alone program is exactly that. I felt like you were helping me the whole way, so I wasn't doing it alone. I also am a huge advocate for maintaining that relationship. As an advocate, I can go in and I can bulldoze people, right? I could just plow right in and demand what we need and have the data, but then I leave. You have to live in the district. The siblings have to live in the district. You have to live in the community. A lot of the parents listening right now are saying, yeah, and I work in the district. So you can't just go in and bulldoze people, okay? Okay, so those are the three things. Read your IEP and make any noted changes while you still do have almost half of a school year left. Look at the whole ESY situation. 
and make the needed changes. That, you know, requesting that and all that is also part of the training. Um, and then lastly, like, if you don't take my training, please take some training. You need formal training. It's an unfortunate truth about this. These are the cards that we were dealt. I don't have to go through special training to go through the schooling with my non-disabled child. But these are the cards I was dealt with this child. And I have to go through special training with him. I hope to see you there. Enjoy the rest of your day. And avoid your February freakout. Thank you for listening to Don't IEP Alone with special education advocate Lisa Leitner. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. For more information about Lisa, the IEP toolkit, and more ways we can help you in your process, go to adayinourshoes.com. From self-care tips to common IEP mistakes, there's even more to explore. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and subscribe to never miss an episode. Until next time, don't IEP alone and you don't have to.